Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another one in our series here of uh, our Lone Watch, where we look at the great and the good of Aston Villa in the academy that have gone out and found pastures new on loan to try and hone their skills. And this one I'm super, super excited about because it's Cameron Archer. It's somebody we've seen score goals in uh, for Aston Villa prior to going on loan. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Ollie from the Butter Pie podcast, uh, Preston North End podcast. And this is one I'm really looking forward to chatting on, Ali. But first, before we get into Cameron Archer, how are you getting on? Uh, I'm great, thank you. Um, I couldn't be better, um, you know, spending my Wednesday uh, morning, afternoon speaking about Cameron Archer, one of the one of the highlights of last season. So, yeah, I couldn't be better. Excellent, excellent. And I'm delighted that you're as excited to speak about him as, as, as I am because a little... Do a lot of people know, but there was a good portion of this season before Cameron Archer went out on loan where he was Aston Villa's top scorer. (laughs) And for for realistically, for a kid that, uh, you know, and being really honest, the the Academy have done a great job in building this guy up and and persevering with him and keeping with him because he he wasn't really putting up a massive amount of trees uh, over the three years previously that he was with the Academy, went out to Solihull Moors last season, scored six and 29. And then he just emerges this season for Aston Villa. And to be able to see this guy and this guy's movement and this guy's ability to take a snapshot is something that, um, that is almost bred out of players in, in the Academy system. But them, for them to persevere and allow him to do that was fantastic to see for Aston Villa. And then he gets his loan move to Preston. And we were all thrilled to bits that he was going to a championship club, number one. But also he was going to a club whereby he would have the opportunity to play a nice handful of games. So talk to me a, small, a bit about Cameron Archer and I suppose how the feeling is about Preston North End, what he was like when he came into the club. 
Um, so to start off with, it, it was it was a bit of I'm, I'm unsure, like a bit of uncertainty because hmm. you know, obviously we saw the clips. You know, um, me and the podcast boys we watched them against Barrow and thought, yes, he's a real deal. But obviously, so, some PE fans may have not, uh, you know, looked into it, so they've been a bit a bit uncertain. But from hmm. the second he came in, you knew he was special. You know, uh, I remember the first game; it was away at West Brom. And he came off the bench, um, and he he just he just brought something different to the table because we we, we have a striker called Emil Reese who mm-hmm. usually you know plays on the last of the defender, so um, he kind of runs in behind, and Cameron Archer's come in and just filled the gaps in front and you know create space for himself. And although although he's a fantastic finisher, he also can you know create things. So he's it's. He's really advanced us as an attacking threat for the fact that yes, he does score goals, but the fact he can create chances for everything out, everyone else, and especially Emil Reese, you know, it's it's brilliant to see. I mean, I was speaking to uh, the boys in the group chat before. Uh, I said, "Where where do you rank him amongst our you know best low knees?" And they went, "Yeah, he's up there with like Aidan McGeady and stuff. He was you know super like." What one of my favourite players for pressing the offense. So, you know, he's he's been absolutely fantastic this season. You know, he's he's I think I think he's played every game he's come in this season, and I think only twice he's been on the bench, and the rest he's played. You know, either full nineties or get taken off around about eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be invaluable for his for his uh, his development. And you know, I, I suppose once again, Aston Villa fans were were surprised that. Yes, he comes on against Barrow and he scores those goals against Barrow. But, you know, with all greatest respect to Barrow, um, even though we did have, a, 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 I suppose, a second string team out, he still had to score those goals, you know. And then that was all well and good. And then we played Chelsea in the League Cup as well. And he comes off the bench and he scores, for me, is one of the best headers I've seen anyone score this season. I thought it was just an absolute fantastic header. Um, that, that he scores against Chelsea. And you kind of look at him and, you know, he's not the tallest man in the world. I, I don't know what height he's actually listed at. I'd say he's 5'10", maybe 5'. You know, he's not, not the tallest, but he's got a spring in his step. And I think what I'm trying to get at here is that his attribute levels, he does everything at a 7 out of 10 already, I think. Um, like, he's not going to wow you at massive pace. He's not going to be, like, like he's not, he doesn't have... Um, how do I put it? He doesn't have this Wayne Rooney kind of brutish strength that he can go around with at, at the age of 19, 20. And he's not like a Raheem Sterling who's going to flick over like 40 or 50 step overs or whatever before he shifts the ball to the right and bends one in the top corner. But he does everything. He, he plays the game correctly is from what I can see. Would that be a fair assessment of him? Or do you have you seen something different in his 20 games for Preston? Um, I... I... I could say you were wrong in two of them statements. I say the first two because I think he's a lot quicker than everyone realizes, and I think one of the main things that did surprise me. And I know you mentioned, yeah, he may not be the you know as strong as Wayne Rooney, but my God, he holds that ball up well, and you know yeah. he, he bounces off players, and it's you don't expect that of someone of like Cameron Archer, you know. He's got the ball into his feet. He's on and off like two or three players at once. And, you know, it, I'm not sure whether it's brute strength or, or it's just, you know, maybe some agility or whatever, but he gets he, he gets his body in the way. It's, it, it's, it's great to see how he does it. 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's strength, but it's it's definitely an attribute that he does have. He does have, yeah. Um, may, maybe he doesn't, you know, take it past three or four players, but you know, we can definitely take it past one or two, and you know, find a shot on goal or you know, spread it out wide. But it's he's a very surprising player to come up against. Yeah, and and that's that's exactly I was going to be my next key as well. So. Yes, I've just spoken about he's probably a 7 out of 10 and everything at the moment at, at the edge of 20 and there's potential to grow here. And he does some great things, you know, his snapshot. When he takes a snapshot on goal, like he very rarely misses the target. Well, when he was with Villa, I, I'm going to... Obviously, I haven't watched every game that he's played for Preston North End, but when he's when he was with Villa, he, he would take snapshots or he'd take earlier shots than, than more overly coached players is what I'm going to call them, you know. So we've got Danny Ings and 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 Ollie Watkins. One of my bugbearers with the two of them at the moment is they're looking for the perfect shot. They don't take snapshots, keep, catch keepers off guard. At, at Villa's under 23s, and I know you're playing against a goalkeeper that's going to be less experienced or whatever, but, you know, Cameron Archer, if the ball dropped him at the edge of the area or maybe 25 yards out, he'd just stick a foot through it and it'd end up in the bottom corner. He, so he's willing to do that. And what that what he reminds me of, when he does that is is kind of like a if you look back at I'm not going to even say prime Nicholas Anelka but Nicholas Anelka when he was with Bolton uh, he kind of reminds me of that type of player even Nicholas Anelka when he went to Chelsea and I'm not saying that he's Nicholas Anelka obviously there's people that are spitting out their coffee all over the country at the moment <laughs> going who's this nut job saying that we've got Nicholas Anelka but it's just the way that he just swings a leg at things but it's a controlled swing a leg and it ends up going on target. And the more shots you have on target, the more likely you are going to score. And that, that I think, is something that, um, that, that I really love about him. He scored seven goals in the 20 appearances that he's had for Preston. Um, I'm going to put you in the spot now, and I never said this to you before the podcast, but can you recall maybe what your favourite of those goals or one that really sticks out in your mind was and what was so good about it? Uh, Blackpool, most definitely Blackpool. <laughs> okay. um, he got given goal of the season. Um Against Blackpool, I, I've got to be honest to you though. Um, I thought it was going to be he, this he, he, Even even if he uh, even if he fell over onto his backside and it hit him in the back of the head and it rolled over the line for two yards, it probably would have won goal of the season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was in the stadium for when it went. The ball just gets played through to him, and you know he's about twenty yards out. And as you just mentioned, snapshots that he's literally just received the ball first time. He's hit it as hard as he can right direct as a bullet into the bottom corner. And, you know, mm. it abs- absolutely erupted Deepdale. And uh, it's definitely one of my favourites. I don't think it, it's the best technically that he scored. I think, you know, uh, he scored one away at Peterborough, you know, one nil win, uh, where he picked it up and, you know, he just bent it into the top left-hand corner with hardly any, you know, foot mm. swing, which was very impressive. But... You know, it's got, it's got, it's got to be uh, the Blackpool goal, really. So, yeah, he, as you mentioned, you know, he takes snapshots. He, he did it against Hull, actually. Um, that that was a a big memory where um, I think it was like two minutes before he uh, the ball came to him, and he just smashed it. He rattled against the post, like, and then two minutes later, he gets the ball again, hits it straight again. You know, and we're one nil up. So he takes these snapshots and. You know, the keepers aren't expecting it. Even defenders aren't expecting it, especially against Blackpool, because, to be fair, he could have easily been closed down a lot more by uh, the Blackpool defender. But, you know, he's a surprising player, as I say, and, you know, he scores these great goals. So, hopefully, you know, he's scoring uh, some more in a lily-white shirt next season. 
Yeah, and we'll get on to that in a moment because I do want to talk about your manager and the potential link that he has with our current coaching staff and so on. And and he talks about it quite a bit. We will talk about that in a moment. But you do know when when he's known around Bodymore Heat as Little Tevez. So uh, I know I just said about, about Nicholas and Elka, we're throwing around some rich names here. I'm completely <laughs> aware of this. But I can't control the fact that he's known around Bodymore Heat as Little Tevez. And what you've kind of described there is this confidence in his ability and and a kind of a, you know, as I say, he'll he'll have his pot shot, and I'm liking what I hear because we saw it at Villa, and he hasn't lost that when he's gone to when he's gone to the championship. And I know you're saying that defenders should close him down and, to, and and so on and so forth. But if you have a player who can drop into those pockets and pull defenders, specifically centre halves, out of position, and then you have that opportunity to make have a pot shot from a bit further further out, they're in an uncomfortable situation already. The goalkeeper is uncomfortable because the distance he can see the distance between between where the, the defender is and oh my god, is there someone going to make a run uh, a diagonal run in past here? I'm goosed. If they do, I'm going to have to come off my line. So they're thinking at a million miles an hour, and then all of a sudden. He just bangs within the bottom corner. And I think that's a lost art of football at the moment, specifically amongst younger players, because younger players are huge about, um, you know, making the perfect thing. And if it isn't on, we need to pass it. And it has to be a complete team game. But there is an opening market, I think, definitely within the Premier League for someone who can have that snapshot. Probably the, one of the best at the moment in, in the Premier League is probably Harry Kane or somebody like that, who just backs himself to score and doesn't mind if he's that big greedy. And I wouldn't mind if we had somebody like that in our team. And obviously, from what you say, you don't mind having him on your team as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a small a bit of a deviation here as well, because I know there's a lot. Obviously, I'm Irish. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> there's a there's there's a there's a big Irish influence on, on, on your it, within the, the, the Preston North End uh, team at the moment. Obviously, Captain Alan Brown, who's somebody that performs really well for the Republic of Ireland. Um, Sean Maguire. And it's really Sean Maguire I want to talk about, because has... Has... Uh, has Cameron Archer come in and been able to play with a striker of the ilk of Sean Maguire, or has he really replaced Sean Maguire within the team when he's come, since he's come in? The reason I ask is because they, they for me, would be probably competing types of players. And if he does come back to Villa, I think he's going to be competing with players kind of more energy-based and, and endeavour-based players like like a Sean Maguire if he comes back to Aston Villa. Uh, well, say he definitely um, ended up replacing Sean Maguire. Um, Sean Maguire, I mean, albeit he he's done superbly for the club, and you know, I think he hasn't scored a outfield goal in about two years, Sean Maguire. So, but what I would say is Sean Maguire is a fantastic footballer, and he he does does the same things as Cameron Archer, um, whereas you know he does pick up the ball, this that and the other, and I think they're quite similar players. But the the thing is. Cameron Archer has much more confidence in front of goal, mm. so so you know I, I think Cameron Archer's just you know gone straight in. You know, at the start of the season we were playing with Sean Maguire and we were playing with you know Emma Reese, who Archer's yeah. picked up a fantastic partnership with, um, especially in recent games. And it's the unselfishness of you know um, Sean Maguire, and you know. Cameron Archer came in, and you know he was a bit—he was a bit selfish in a way, but he was scoring. So, mm. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, sorry. My mom called me. But who, you know, is going to stop him if he's scoring? And, you know, by the end of it, he's becoming more unselfish as well. Mm. And, you know, it's really, really working. Um, especially in the last few games of the season. But, I mean, if Cameron Archer does end up coming back, um, I, I don't think Sean Maguire will really, you know, get a sniff between yeah. him and Emil Reese. And, and with Emil Reese obviously being a taller striker, um, six foot three, um, I didn't actually know that Emil Reese, and I was just doing a bit of, bit of, uh, bit of uh, prep work beforehand, but I didn't know that he came through the Derby County Academy, uh, which is really interesting. So he did know English football. But um, do you think that a lot of the the leeway or the space that the Cameron Archer has been able to find is because there's a bigger guy alongside him? Because there's a bit of a conversation in Aston Villa at the moment that our strikers are a bit samey and we've got no change of pace striker or a bigger guy to come on and bully people. Is Cameron Archer, uh, 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 I suppose, a beneficiary of his size, or is it just coincidental that he's a bigger type of, type of striker? I think it's coincidental because M.O. Reese, you know, he plays off, you know, the last line of defenders and runs in behind. Yeah, he's big, but you don't really think of M.O. Reese of, you know, bringing a ball down and, you know, then playing from there, where, you know, the long ball comes, you stick it on M.O. Reese, and then you play from there. To be fair, I'd probably say Cameron Archer's done that job. You know, it may it may okay. sound surprising in the fact that, you know, we've we've just given it into, you know, Cameron Archer's feet. He's made it stick. He's given it out to either, you know, Daniel Johnson, who's our um, most creative former, midfielder. Former villain. Former, former villain, villain player. We left him go for a um, song. A lot of people are still sour about that. 50 grand, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, 50 grand, 50 grand, Daniel Johnson. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he... He just makes things stick, and it, it, even if he has time, you know, he can turn on the ball, and Emo Reese is on the back, he's on the last defender, and he can just thread him through. So, I really think, you know, someone's calling me again. One second, good. No, um, uh, but seriously, he's, he's much more creative, and you know, play, playing alongside Emil, he, he's just gaining so much more quality, you know. Playing, playing alongside someone because it's he's giving him different qualities that you you probably don't think he needs as a striker, but definitely do have as a second striker. And you know, I think that's what he's going to be. You know, potentially when he does go back to Villa, and I have no doubts about him forcing forcing him his way into the first team. You know, whether that be this season or next season, I do think he'll you know play in behind you know uh, another striker and just play slightly off. The striker rather than being, you know, the sole yeah. striker. So 
Gold striker. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense for me. So we spoke about we spoke about Ryan Lowe, um, or potentially, you know, the 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 links that Ryan Lowe might have with Steven Gerrard. And uh we spoke, you you mentioned that you're hoping that uh that this uh, Cameron Archer has uh, scores more goals in the Lily White chart next season. Um Ryan Lowe has hasn't been quiet about wanting him back next season. And obviously he does have that link with, with Steven Gerrard. But let's talk about Ryan Lowe as a manager, first of all. What's your guys' feelings on him and what's the style of play that I suppose he's implemented within Preston North End? Because that gives everybody a kind of a feeling for maybe what Cameron Archer could have picked up as well. So, Ryan Lowe came in, you know, he came in from Plymouth after, um, mm. put it this way, um, even if he came in and did, you know, we, we ended up finishing seventeenth. <laughs> we couldn't have been playing worse. If we tried. I, I, I can't be honest. Was that under Neil? Alex Neil left in and I felt bad. Alex really had backs in January. It was quite a lot of sales, so we gave it to Frankie McAvoy, and it was a bit of a you know stopgap, you know, manager. He just wasn't going to work. You know, and he's first of all he's galvanised the fan group, and you know the fans are fully behind him. We've sold more season tickets this mm. season already um, than any other season. But the way he plays is, you know, to be fair, quite similar to uh, what Frankie set us up in. Is the fact that he plays free at the back. Um, he plays with wing backs. And then it's it's a bit of a diamond, so it's like two central eights, a ten, and then two strikers. Okay. And he asks a lot from the wing backs as well. And in recent games, you know, I don't think Ryan Lowe has you know the wing backs that he needs. And as we've mentioned, Daniel Johnson, he's you know a creative ten. We've been playing him out at left wing back, and interesting. It's worked to say the least. We've scored seven goals in two games, so it's that type of system and you know he, he has been seen to um, change to a 4-3-3 in game you know he, he has stuck Cameron Archer out wide but it doesn't really work okay. and he's, he's mentioned that he's going to change personnel rather than change formation so he's he's a manager that does stick to his guns in a way and you know he, he wants to play this style of football and as I've mentioned the last two games he's been altering around a few things you know potentially playing Cameron Archer in a bit more, you know, I know he's been creative, but a bit more creative role. And, you know, he got an assist against Middlesbrough last game of the season. He should have had a goal, um, but Paddy McNair handballed it on the line. And, you know, Emil Reese was on a hat-trick, so the, the penalty <laughs> had to go to Emil Reese. Yeah, But, yeah, it's it seems that Cameron Archer's fitting into this system as kind of, Kind of a second strike, but also a strike in the same sense. It's just, yeah. you know, he, he's given, like, more responsibility to create things, not only for himself, but for ML Reese as well. Good, because when we were using him, or when we, like when he was asked in Villa, it was a case of, okay, you stand up there at the top and we'll get the ball to you and you do what you need to do. And I think that that's a really interesting part and that's something I'm really enthused by, the fact that he's been given licence to... 
Um, not just be the the guy. Okay, you stand up there and stay out of the way, and we'll get you the ball, and you'll put it in the back of the net. Okay, because at twenty years of age, you don't want to be pigeonholed as just a finisher. You know, you need to have a bit more to your game. And he's now in with the England twenty ones. He's obviously got England under twenties caps, um, and he's going to grow. That's going to grow his game. If he's got any aspirations of an international future, he's going to need to be able to tread the lines between those two players. So I'm really enthused by what you said there. Um. What what do you think that the the chances are he's back next season? Because I suppose for me, I'll 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 give my my views on it first. I would say there's a high chance. I would say it could be anywhere between 70 chance that he's back there. But I definitely think it could be one of these ones that happens maybe after the League Cup. Um, that happens maybe if Aston Villa signed somebody like uh, and we have to have to whisper his name Luis because Suarez. people don't like me say Luis Suarez. Yeah, if they sign <laughs> someone like that, yeah, because you know it's 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 it splits the fan base. It splits the fan base. But um, if we did, uh, we're still going to need three strikers. I suppose that it's all a consequence of uh, maybe Keenan Davis, that guy who might be a different type player if he comes back and stays or goes to Forest. Who knows? Um, I'd say it's probably somewhere between 60, 65, 70% that he would maybe go back out and loan. And I think it would probably make sense to let him continue his development at Preston North End. What, what, what's the feeling around Deepdale about him coming back? He's quite optimistic, to be fair. Um there was an interview last uh, bit of the season. I'm not sure if it's Ryan Lowe, you know, trying to get more bums on, on seats, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he said that Cameron Archer's told him that the only place he wants to come back to on loan is Preston North End. So we're just yeah. hold, holding hope. And, you know, he made an Instagram post and we had all Preston North End players to go and see you next season, Cameron. You know, so we were like, you know, there's a bit of optimism. If he's allowed out on loan, I think he will come back to Preston. And I think that's the optimism. Um, but as you said, yeah, it does matter if, you know, Aston Villa do go out and find the striker that you probably are needing to go up top mm-hmm. with, you know, either Ollie Watkins or Danny Ings, because you do need three strikers. And Keenan Davis has been doing brilliantly at Nottingham Forest. And, you know, he'll probably be wanting to, you know, if he's offered Premier League football, because I don't think he'll probably start for Aston Villa. He might, no. might go into Nottingham Forest. So. To, to be fair, um, even for Aston Villa, you know, um, fans, Preston North End fans are also, you know, looking and waiting and hoping that Aston Villa yeah. sign a striker so um, Cameron Archer does become available to come out on loan. But if he's available for loan, I will say a 95% chance he comes back to Preston. Um, obviously, Michael Beale is uh, going to be the key job manager. But yeah. I, th- I think uh, I think Ryan Lowe's going to be having Steve G on speed dial. To be fair, because they are they are good mates. So yeah, if if anything you know comes in about QPR wanting him, I think I think Ryan Lowe will be knocking on the door at Bodymore Heath. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one that you say that because geez, yeah, I just I was just thinking there because I think the championship are going to have Aston Villa Aston Villa uh, academy players in demand for loans. Obviously, we've got Dean Smith. He knows those players inside out. He's going to want to do a rebuilding job at Norwich. We know Norwich don't blow cash. They don't spend a lot of it. They re- they, they live on parachute payments. Michael Beale, who is at the time of recording here, not the QPR manager just yet, but looks like it's only a matter of time. Um, and then obviously, you know, Ryan Law having such a good uh, good camaraderie with the um, with with, the, with the, the guys at Villa. And then there's also loads of other uh, other connections there in uh, from the West Brom side of things. I don't I know we're not going to be loaning players out to West Brom and stuff, but West Brom Academy has uh, spread its wings, and a lot of a lot of coaches are are moved around and. 
obviously we've got Neil Critchley at uh, former Liverpool under 23s coach coached with Mike Beale coached with uh, with with Stephen Gerrard there at Blackpool so there's just like literally everybody has Steve. That's one of the blessings and the curses of having a famous manager like Stephen Gerrard. Everybody's he's got everybody's phone number, but everybody has his phone number too as well. <laughs> so you know if there is if there is a, a battle to be had for people going out on loan, and and I've mentioned it before in a couple of other podcasts, Villa really value the loan system. The 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 new look Aston Villa over maybe the last eighteen months two years we value the loan system. It's not about getting them to the best team or getting them to the to the top division. Uh, that, that we could possibly get them into. It's getting them into the right team where they can grow, they can learn, they can play to their strengths. And we've seen that with Ken Kessler-Hayden earlier on this season. We've seen that with Louis Barry. We've seen that with Cameron Archer. And Finn Azaz as well, somebody who's gone under the under the, the radar at Newport County. We've certainly seen that with him. He was put into a situation where he was uh, where he was playing in a team that that played him to his strengths and, and he ended up winning League, League 2 Young Player of the Year. So um, And that's somebody who literally signed for Villa and was out and loan less than 24 hours later. You know, so Villa didn't even actually get him into the ground at all. They just loaned him out and they had a perfect plan for him. So it's interesting. And, and as I say, one of, the reason I'm saying this is Villa's loan strategy um, is very much to build up relationships, find players the right places to play. And it's all about the development of the player as opposed to, well, we're going to put him in a team here who thinks they need him to get over the line to, to win the championship or whatever, but he's only going to get 10 games. Much better if he was to go out and get 48 games next season or whatever it is, uh, you know, including Cups. Uh, that would be fantastic for him. Um, but no, that's great. Uh, Ali, we've, we're nearly talking about half an hour, and I said I'd only keep you 15 minutes, so I really, really appreciate appreciate the time you've given me, and I know that you do have to pop off in a moment. Any final words on Cameron Archer before I, I let you go? Uh, um, I mean, even if he doesn't come back, he's uh, written himself in as a pressing off-end legend for the goal against Blackpool. Um, <laughs> he... I'm unsure whether or not he's ready for the Premier League football next season. I yeah. mean, my heart, my heart says, you know, I've seen him at Deepdale and he's been fantastic. But you know, my brain's probably is saying, you know, he probably does need another year. You know, and a full season under his belt at the Championship level. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm back in Preston to you know finish, you know, um, at least the top half of the table. And you know, Cameron Archer will. He'll definitely at least get you know forty six games a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if you know we brought in anyone alongside the caliber of Cameron Archer to 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 you know try and put put in competition for him because he's he's, he's above the level you know of pressing off end. But he does suit him. It does Actually. suit him, and you know uh, the the way we play suits him. You know. He's probably better than you know the majority of players at Preston North End. You know that's that's not anything bad against Preston North End. It's just the quality of Cameron Archer. So you know, I'd I'd love Cameron Archer back next season. I can't lie. And you know, in my head, we we are getting Cameron Archer back. You know, <laughs> I'm we're going through like we we did a few summer transfer windows. You know, I was like, oh, we'll just leave striker because you know Cameron Archer's coming back. So. We're all in hope that he is coming back, but you know, in in the future, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye open for him. And you know, I have no doubts he's got to play for the first uh, first team of Villa. And you know, and all, all the boys in the podcast, uh, we we did a vote and we said that we'd be surprised if he didn't play for the England national team one in the future. Wow. So 
he's 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 really really influenced us all, and you know we, we just hope that he comes back and you know he, he's got that he's got that connection with the fans because Ryan Lowe always does a fist bump at, after every win. And at the end of the season, so uh, when they're doing player awards, they all did the clap around, and uh, he got Cameron Archer to do the fist pump instead, or, or to the home fans. So you know, he's got that connection with the fans. He's got the connection with the players. He's got the connection with the manager. Hopefully, we have that connection again next season. Yeah, and I know I don't want to bring up all the players for, but when you mentioned about Cameron Archer playing for England. If David Nugent can play for England, Cameron Archer can play for England. And I know, I know you were going to say David Nugent's a Preston North End legend. <laughs> uh, he scored, so you know, what one appearance, one goal, the best, That's the it. best uh, ratio in football. David Nugent, that's going to stay close to my heart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Well, listen, Ali, thanks so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. For everybody, if you're adopting a second team, maybe you are, maybe you want to follow Cameron Cameron Archer next season. I know you said Cameron Nugent. Cameron Archer next season, and he does go out on loan again to Preston North End. Well, the best place to follow him, best place to see how he's playing, the best place to hear glowing words from what I can tell about him will be on the Butter Pie podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I do listen to other fans' podcasts. I do listen to other podcasts with other players. Um, when when, when I can, when I get time. So I would implore you guys, if Cameron Archer does rock up in, li- in the lily white of uh, Preston North then next season, the Butter Pie podcast is definitely one to listen to for match reviews to hear how he's getting on. But thanks so much, everybody, for, for listening. Thanks again to Ali. Um, if you guys could give this a little thumbs up on YouTube, I'd really appreciate it. Don't forget the audio podcast as well. If you're not subscribed, please do. Some of these will be going out audio versions only, and we don't want you to miss them. So this is another one uh, in our series of our Lone Watch. Delighted to talk about Cameron Archer. For everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and until the next time, all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.